Today's lesson will teach us the importance of holding on to our relationship with God through Christ. So when you consider the Christmas season, do you celebrate it? Christ's birth and, the becoming, and his becoming flesh. And of course, the mission of Christ that led to his death on the cross. And also, do you think about the wonderful aspects of our reward of heaven? Is that part of your Christmas celebration? Likewise, when you consider your reward of heaven, do you celebrate it? Your eternal life in Christ and what he did that allows you to have forgiveness of sins. I hope you would agree with me that relationship with God through Christ is precious. The sermon today is lessons from Hebrews. Let us, let us fear, let us strive, let us hold fast, let us draw near. So the first point, let us fear. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. The passage is talking to Christians. It's a warning and it's an exhortation to point people in the right direction. Our rest is heaven. Our rest of heaven is still to come. So don't fail to reach it. Looking at the immediate context of chapter 3, verse 7, through chapter 4, verse 13, the rest, R-E-S-T, of heaven is compared to the rest for the Israelites at the time of Moses. It is compared in this way. It is something attainable through God. However, it can be withheld by God from those who disbelieve him. As you know, that first generation coming out of Egypt were not allowed to enter their rest, their physical rest of Canaan land. In fact, they all died in the wilderness. Why? Well, Scripture uses various words, hardened hearts, rebellion, go astray in their hearts, disbelieve, disobedience. So the Christian under the new covenant is also given direction. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. In this respect, it would be intelligent to fear, would it not? This fear should keep us focused on the right path, not only in respect to God's direction for our lives, but to keep us focused on his teachings concerning Christ himself. We have come to share in Christ if we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14. We share Christ. When did this begin? 
This began in our baptism. This began in our immersion, our confidence in God and Christ. But it is also in keeping the original intent of who Christ is and his intended message. For there is no other gospel that God approves to be preached concerning Christ. And we need to hold on to this confidence in Christ until our death. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Hebrews 4.1 Second point, let us strive. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience as the Israelites had who were under Moses, those who came out of the first, out of Egypt. Act like you mean it, I think is the idea. Strive, act like you mean it. Not act so it looks like you mean it, but act like you mean it. I think this is the idea behind the word strive. To struggle, to endeavor, to go all out, do your best, make every effort. For all of Israel during the time of Moses, though they were happy with God's many great interventions, their heart was not supportive. Rather than striving for their rest of Canaan land, they kept, to use a phrase we use today, biting the hand that fed them. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who had sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Some versions might say disbelief. Chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. Has anybody ever seen the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher? I'm a nerd, I guess. Okay, some of you have. All right. It's not actually specifically about Bobby Fisher, but it's about a boy named Josh who had a similar attributes like Bobby Fisher. Josh, when he turned seven, pretty much became a chess master. So if you like chess, this might be a relevant movie for you. When I first saw the movie in 1993, I was in my early 20s. And there was a master teacher that was hired to help Josh. And I thought he was a pretty mean character. Tough on little Josh. Tough on Josh's parents. Tough on the situation. But as I looked at it again and I watched the movie recently, I realized that Josh, uh, that teacher wasn't really being mean. He had an attitude to help Josh become better than he was. One of the statements that was made was this. It is one thing to have natural ability. But if you want to achieve the highest ranking, it takes much more work. You see, God wants us to have faith. Faith in him and faith to follow the message declared to us. Faith For the Israelites, it seems that their disbelief 
that led to their disobedience was truly a problem of faith. For good news came to us, this is talking to Christians, we have the good news of Jesus Christ, which would include his birth, right? As to them, the Israelites received a good news type of message, not about Christ, but about their promised land. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Why? Because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. All heard the same message, and there were those who listened and those who chose not to have an obedient faith. And because they didn't follow his message, talking about the Israelites during the time of Moses, they did not enter rest. They disbelieved, they rebelled, they disobeyed. The comparison is for Christians not to do the same thing and lose their blessing of rest. So, the third point, let us hold fast. <clears throat> let us hold fast. Since then, we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Where do you keep your valuables? If you buy gold or if you buy silver for an investment sake, where do you keep them? Is it something you let lie around the house? Maybe you put it on the kitchen table or on the outside door. No, you don't do that. No, no, I saw some no's. We don't do that. Or do you place it in a secure place like a safe, perhaps a safe at a bank? You want to protect your treasure. So you hold on to it using extreme measures. No one's going to get my gold. It's at the bank. It's that retirement that offers protection in your old age. Or it's that large purchase you've been looking for, you've been saving up for. Kids will tend to grip onto their parents, won't they? Mom, Dad, there's a stranger. <laughs> And they come around your legs and you almost trip over them. What are they doing? They're holding fast for dear life. It's so precious to be at the legs of my parents. They're holding fast. And at that moment, they're not letting go. They're not letting go. In Christianity, our valuables, according to the book of Hebrews, rests in our high priest. And our high priest is Jesus. He is high priest of the new covenant, new sanctuary, and new sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 through chapter 10, verse 18. Is Jesus our high priest someone that we should hold on to? Should we hold on to him with all of our might? Should we not let him go for any reason? Is there any other thing in this life more valuable for a Christian than Jesus? You want to give, give the gift at this season that keeps on giving? Teach people about who Jesus is and let them understand the reward that can come through him.
in heaven. Remember, it's through him and only him that we can receive eternal life. Evidently, certain Christians in the first century were considering going back to the law of Moses and leaving their security of Christ. From God's point of view, this is someone who will let go, who let go of their promised rest if they go back to something that he doesn't sanction. They no longer seek to serve God in God's way, and they end up leaving their faith in Christ. They want the old covenant, the old sanctuary, the old method, the animal sacrifices. Our confession as a Christian is our continued faith in Jesus. Our confession doesn't stop at our baptism into Christ. Rather, it's a continual confession. Our perfect, sinless God who became man, that little baby boy. High priest is in heaven. He is not trivial, and he is greater than anything this world or specifically in this case, the law of Moses, that old covenant can provide. So let us hold fast, not only to him, but everything he declares. Let us hold fast. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. This particular last point is quite interesting. It is let us draw near. Let us then with confidence draw near to the, to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Is he decaying somewhere in a grave? I mean, he did come to this earth as a human baby. Let's praise God for that truth. But he also died on the cross for our sins. So is he still dead? No. No, Jesus is not dead. He rose from the grave and now is in heaven as our high priest, according to Hebrews. And as our high priest, he uses his blood, not the blood of bulls and goats, as they did under the old covenant, but his blood. You want to give somebody a precious gift? You teach them how to give, get Jesus' blood. I tell you, there is no better gift than that. That's an eternal gift. To forgive those who hold on to confidence in Christ. Hold on to it. So we draw near. Those who are in Christ are the ones who draw near. This is a technical term for priests of the Old Covenant and evidently for Christians who are priests now, right? It's used in Scripture for what the priests did under the Levitical priesthood for worship. They drew near to the, to the temple, the, the, the offerings, the sacrifices. They drew near. They came. Who else was allowed to draw near? No one just the Levitical certain priesthood, 
a priesthood. What does the first Peter chapter two verses five through and nine say about Christians? We are all priests. We are all priests. There's not a small group of us who come before God in his sanctuary, his temple, his sacrifice, his altar on behalf of other people. We all can draw near. Through Christ, and that's the beautiful thing about this new covenant, he allows us all to draw near to him. There is no veil separating the holy place from the holy of holies. There is no separation anymore in Christ. There is no special priests that are needed as an intermediary between us and God. Through Christ, we can all come before God directly. So the text says, draw near those who are holding fast and have confidence, that boldness, that boldness of not arrogance, but the boldness of saying, I am a child of God who has been saved through the blood of Christ. I can draw near and worship. Those who are drawing near are holding fast. Those who are striving are those who respect with fear God's direction for salvation and eternal rest. The concept of the throne of grace is also in here. In context, the throne of grace, or you might understand it as his reign, was depicted in terms of judgment just a few verses earlier in chapter 4, verse 13. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and all are exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. That doesn't sound like a throne of grace, does it? That sounds like a throne of judgment. Now, for those who truly listen in the context, it is a throne of grace. Because Jesus is merciful high priest to those who honestly believe and obey, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and the help in the time of need. Maybe a nice Christmas present might be, hey, have you heard this lesson? It's on Church of Christ podcast. Take it home and study it. Let me teach you about resurrection and eternal life and why Jesus came to this earth. The lessons from Hebrews led us. Let us fear, strive, hold fast, and draw near. A quick summary. Let us fear. One thing those Israelites did not do during the time of Moses was fear God. Because they lacked proper fear, they decided not to listen. They decided to disbelieve. And this disbelief led to their disobedience and their loss of their physical rest. It was not a guarantee for disobedience. So likewise, Christians need to fear. Let us strive. Fearing God puts people on the right path. If your kid does something wrong 
and they don't think you're going to get on them? Are they going to continue doing the wrong? Or they it gets you on the right path. And that path is something we should follow with determination. Why? We love our Creator. We love Jesus. We love God. We see why He came to this earth. We see why He died. Why shouldn't we strive with all of our might to please Him? The one we pledged our life to when we became a Christian. Let us hold fast to Christ. Don't let Him go. He is the reason for the season. As so many people like to say during this time of year. Don't let Him go. Hold fast. And those who are holding fast, draw near with confidence. Draw near. Because we hold fast with our whole life, we recognize the true high priest. And as sanctified priests ourselves, we are privileged to come before God. We have privilege to come before God. His throne of grace, having the blood of Christ covering us and offering appropriate worship. Offer our prayers, asking for mercy and grace in the time of need.